Welcome to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast, a podcast that explores the joys and challenges of being an English-speaking pastor in a Chinese church. I'm Jalen Chan, and I'm here with my co-host, John Mon. Hey, everyone. Together, we host the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. We're glad that you're here with us. Come on in and have a seat at the table. Hello, Jalen. It's good to see you. I feel like it's been a little while since we've recorded, I think two weeks. How are you doing? What have you been up to in those two weeks? Uh, doing well. Um, you know, I think just figuring out how to continue to do life in the pandemic and ministry in the pandemic. And I think one of the things that I've just been reminded about is the need for and the importance of just silent prayer. And, you know, in our household with the five kids and homeschooling, like there's just nonstop noise, there's activity all the time. And so even in prayer, like I, I realized that I need to just be silent before the Lord. And I've just been trying to practice that more, you know, just being still. And so trying to do that more, trying to help, you know, my family do that more. But I think that's helping me with, you know, just being more patient, uh, being more kind, being ready to listen to my kids more than just shouting directions and you know, instructions to them all the time. So trying to do that, you know, just reminded that that's really important and I need to do that often. So I'm glad that the Holy Spirit has prompted me in that direction the last uh, several days and weeks. So, but yeah, good to see you. Uh, how are things going with you? How are, how's ministry? How's life? It's good. I'm glad that that's how the Lord is, is equipping you for the days ahead. I know that, you know, as we've been recording this podcast, we were watching like seemed like things were opening back up a little, but now it's kind of turned in the other direction. So who knows by the time this episode comes out, what things will be like. Um, but right now I know that it seems like there's a lot going on and we're not going in the direction we want. So yeah, I'm praying for you guys, praying for your family that you will survive this pandemic with the Lord's help. Appreciate it. I've been doing well. Uh, last week, the reason we didn't record was actually I was uh, out of town, not like out of town, out of town. I guess I was still in the state of California, but I had actually gone up to Reading for a, a preaching conference called Preacher School. And uh, it was a, a conference hosted by an Alliance church up in Reading called The Stirring. And I really enjoyed this conference actually. So it was interesting, kind of my first time attending anything like that. Um, first time really sitting in a preaching course since Bible college. So it was good to be reminded of the, the way of, of preaching at being both an art and a science in some ways. But I think probably the thing that I enjoyed the most out of the conference was hearing some very different voices from my own um, people with really different stories, really different preaching journeys, and pretty different approaches to preaching as well. And I think just learning from just a plethora of voices was really helpful for me, inspiring for me, really. So yeah, it was a, it was good. And one of the the cool things is our guest today actually went to preacher school, and she happens to be a member of the staff at my church. So our guest today is Leonora Taylor. Uh, Leonora is one of the children's ministers at my church, and she works specifically with elementary age children. And so Leonora, welcome to the podcast. We're really glad that you're on with us. Thanks for having me. Hi, Leonora. Uh, you know, as we start, we always like to ask our guests to just share briefly their their ministry journey, their calling into ministry, and and what that looked like for them. So, could you give us a brief overview? Just what did that what did that look like? How is your calling into ministry, and what what would that feel like for you? 
Yeah, um, I actually had a very dramatic experience. Um, I was in the fashion industry for about 15 years. And there was one day I was styling this woman to go to a black tie affair. And she's talking about like her fat on her back and all her body. And just, you know, she just was not liking the way she was looking. And I just said to myself, like, I don't want to help people look good on the outside anymore. I want to help them to look good on the inside. And that I feel like was the beginning of God uh, just starting to develop my heart for ministry. About a year after that, I was watching this documentary and it was about uh, this children's pastor who was teaching her kids how to pray and how to pray and lay hands on the sick. And as I'm watching it, I just felt God's presence so dramatically and so strongly inside of me that I couldn't even stand. And I knew I was in tears saying like, God, I want to do that. I want to lead your children to walk in power and authority um, and to love you with all of their being. So I want to be one who equips them. So it was a couple years after that, that I actually started working uh, in children's ministry. So from the time I my heart started to change and the time of actually starting to serve and work in ministry was about four years. So it was four years of like, how do I do this? What do I do? How do I get into ministry? What does it even look like? You know, how do I educate myself? And, um, but God just opened doors for me. Um, so now it's been eight years that I've been in ministry. That's awesome. So how did you end up at our church at San Jose Christian Alliance Church? Yes. So I was actually going to school. I wanted to be a director of a preschool and I wanted to have my own preschool. And so I was in the process of uh, actually starting a daycare. I wanted to start with the daycare at first. And I wanted to be in charge of, you know, developing the curriculum for these kids and raising like my own set of kids, you know. So I was introduced to Sandy King at our church, who was a director of a preschool. And my professor actually introduced me to her. So I was to interview her um, and for a homework assignment. And as I was interviewing her, I got to see the preschool and walk around. And I went into the two-year-old classroom and the two-year-olds were singing this worship song. And that feeling that I had, you know, years prior to that of like really wanting to lead kids to, to really experience God in his presence, I felt again in that moment. And so I just shared with Sandy, you know, just my heart. And we just started talking and, and that was it. And, you know, cause my, my mission at that time was I was going to go start my own daycare. I was going to move to Sacramento, California. I had investors. I was ready, you know, to go and do that, but I actually had to work in a preschool and to obtain a permit to have the daycare. And so I called Sandy or emailed her and asked her, like, I don't know if you have any positions. I don't even know if you even remember me because it had been like eight, nine months later. And she was like, yeah, you know, I remember you. Uh, We don't have any positions open, but come on in. And long story short, I was sitting in our pastor, senior pastor, Ted, her husband's office, and they're talking to me about a position in the children's ministry. And I just heard the Lord tell me, do not run from your calling. And so I told the Lord, you've got to really show me um, if this is where you want me to go to leave the church that, you know, I grew up in or to leave my own plans and my own ideas. And then to come to this, you know, Chinese church and, uh, and serve here, like, I need to know this is you. And he made it very clear to me that I was supposed to be there. So it'll almost be five years, five years in March that I've been there. Awesome. So yeah, you, you kind of said that with a little bit of a, a laugh there that you're serving at a Chinese church. And I I don't know if our listeners can or can't tell maybe if they saw the picture we put up with this episode that you are not ethnically Chinese. And so, you know, I think I really appreciate when we have people in our church and in the family who are 
are different, right? They are, are they come from a, a different perspective. And uh, I really appreciate that you can offer something to us that we could not see by ourselves. So I, I'm curious to know, are there uh, any particular like cultural strengths or either strengths or weaknesses, maybe blind spots that the Chinese church has when it comes to the children's ministry that you've noticed over the years that you've been serving here? Yeah, I think one thing that I noticed, and actually I've had the help of parents to describe this to me, was when dropping off their kids on Sundays, um, you know, like they drop them off and they just, you know, have the mindset that the children's ministry, the children's ministers, like they're the ones who are equipped to lead the kids, you know, to Jesus and teach them about Jesus and disciple them. They're the equipped ones. So, you know, they trust their children with us, but they don't really have the confidence to lead them on their own. And so I've had some parents say that because in uh, China, it's like, you know, they will take their kids to school. The teachers are equipped to do that. And I don't want to say that's just China because I think it's here as well. But, um, you know, the teachers are the ones who are equipped to lead their kids. And so um, they don't feel as confident that they can do that. So I've noticed that that has been the challenge is to, to have the parents be confident that they could lead their children as well. I do notice it, uh, the difference between each um, language con- congregation, there's a different confidence for each one. So yeah, I want to say like that. Um, so that is like a blind spot I can see, or, or just maybe a weakness. Yeah, you mentioned that Obviously, at your church, you have English congregation, a Mandarin congregation, and a Cantonese congregation. Maybe what are some of the differences that you've noticed um, in helping the parents equip them to disciple their kids? One thing I do want to say is in our children's ministry staff, we have English speaking, we have Mandarin speaking, and Cantonese um, within our staff. So without, if I was doing this on my own, I would have blind spots. I wouldn't know how to equip parents, but because we have that staff and have people uh, that we are able to connect with to other congregations and it helps. But one thing that I've seen, like for instance, with our Mandarin congregation, um, because English is not a strength in theirs and there is a almost like just a fear of not being able to speak English well. And a lot of the resources we have are English, you know, written in English that they if they have a harder time trying to teach their children with our Mandarin congregation specifically, we have a lot of new believers too. So we're discipling the parents and the children at the same time. You know, what we do with some of our, like in, inviting parents to come in and serve uh, with our children's ministry, we'll have our Mandarin parents, you know, just come in the nursery, you know, and, and be with the babies. They don't have to teach a lesson, you know, so we have them have them there. We just try to um, see how we can partner with them and helping them, but also at the same time, disciple them to see how, show them how they can lead uh, children and their own children. So you're actually our first guest who serves predominantly in children's ministry. And so I I feel like maybe for some of our listeners who they have no, like myself even, um, who just, I don't have a ton of interaction with the children's ministry. You know, I, my focus with youth ministry, some of the things you described about equipping parents sounds a lot like youth men, but I wonder if maybe you could just unpack for us, what does a ministry week look like for you? Because I think a lot of people think that it's just like this, I guess, pre-COVID, it it was just a couple hours on Sunday, but I know that you do way more than that in thinking, praying, and, and doing different things for this ministry. So what are some of the things that you, that we do at our church to really pour into the children? Once a week, I meet with our ministry team who leads with me on Saturdays. 
uh, which is where we have our kids service. So we spend an hour like looking into the scriptures, preparing for like the different portions of the service, which are some kind of response. We have the Bible story, we have worship, you know, there's uh, different parts of our service that we'll prepare for. So that's how we start like our beginning of our week. So then we have the rest of the week to really just meditate on on God's word so we can Uh, lead our kids on Saturday. There is a lot of connecting with parents, uh, especially right now during COVID, because that physical connection isn't there. We spend a lot of time either emails, text messages, phone calls, uh, visiting when we can. When it was warmer, there was some of us who would meet, you know, up with parents like at a park. So we'd be physically distanced away, but still have that personal interaction. We send a lot, you know, like birthday cards. So there's a lot of like that personal touch that we have. We do have a young mothers group. So there are mothers, um, I want to say mothers who are like first time mothers, or they have young children, we have a group for them that meet weekly, just to kind of pray through and just so that they can kind of share, you know, and know that they're not alone in, you know, they're raising their kids, because it can be especially if you're a first time mother it can be overwhelming. So we have that we have our kids prayer club on Thursdays, where we really are discipling our kids to pray for the world to pray for other people. I, that's probably my favorite part of the week, because it is a small group, but Um, I love learning about cultures and other people. So I feel like whatever I want to learn, I get to, you know, share it with these kids and allow them to just build up the strength in, in praying and blessing others and people that they don't know. So we have that. And then we have our Saturday kids church. And in between all of that, there's all the administrative stuff. Yeah, that's that's definitely a lot of work, a lot of uh, a lot of things that you're trying to make sure to stay in contact with both the parents and uh, the kids and the children. You know, I, I do think, you know, earlier you said that a lot of times the parents mindset is to just drop their kids off on, you know, Sunday um, and then. You know, the expectation is that the children's ministry is the angel factory. You guys just create, you know, the angels. <laughs> but uh, obviously, there's so much work for you in preparing and, and there's discipleship that you're doing with the parents to help them disciple their own kids. What are some challenges that you find maybe for parents who are, like you said, who are not so confident or maybe who don't maybe have the perspective that they are the primary disciple makers? What are some challenges that you see just in helping parents understand that? You know, what's interesting is when we went into or when the pandemic really started for us and we went into shelter in place, parents became the primary teacher. The first thing to shut down was schools. And I just really saw that God was saying like, this is how I'm going to train them. It's going to be painful, but they have to be that first voice, you know, in their life. You know, before all of that happened, it was very, very challenging for parents to see that they are capable of teaching their kids because they had, you know, felt like they didn't know the Bible well enough or how do they teach the Bible, you know, to a child. And it really like, we have this team. I I mean, I want to go back, like we, I have a great team. We have a great team where it's because all of us can take different parts of it. Right now, our Grace, who is our um, other children's minister, she is working with a Mandarin prayer group and a Mandarin parents. And these are parents who don't know the Bible too well. So she's going to really just teaching them the Bible, teaching them the basis before teaching them how to teach their kids. So, you know, working, we have to be really creative in how to bring this, I want to say, just show the parents that they are capable of doing this, but it's also just providing like avenues for all of us to really learn together. One thing we've done before is a uh, we've took our children's missions trip 
uh, where we had families, parents had to come along with us a few years ago. We did our first one and we just went to San Francisco, which is just 45 minutes away from us and stayed at the youth uh, with a mission campus um, in the Tenderloin district, which is one of the hardest districts in San Francisco and in the Bay Area. Because it's a lot of drugs, it's predominantly a lot of homeless people live there. So the whole point of doing that was for the kids to experience something because we want them to be a part of this, but really for the parents to see, hey, I can take my kids and I can show them how to pray for, you know, for others and how to pray for others that don't look like them. So, you know, the challenge is really, you know, there is a challenge of insecurity there, but it's really for us as a children's ministry, just providing places for them to, for us all actually to work out these insecurities so that we can be confident. So hold on. It was a children and parent joint mission trip to yes. San Francisco. Yes. Man, I, I think I've heard this, like when I first got to the church, heard about this. And it, when I thought about it, that is so rare. I don't think I've heard of another church that, that does something like that. As a youth pastor, when we were, when we would think about doing a mission trip, I remember it was like, it was like pulling teeth, trying to get parents on board to send their youth, their teenagers to a, a place that was, was different from what they were used to. You know, like whether it was uh, an urban mission trip or something overseas, like there was this desire to really protect their teens. And so I imagine that desire is even stronger for, you know, for their children, like as Jalen was saying earlier, their quote unquote angels. And so I, I guess like, I'm curious to know when that idea was birthed, like, what was that process like? Was it a hard sell for people or were people right away, like on board and all for it? How did, how did that come about, I guess? Yeah. So um, this wasn't the first time our church had done something like this. I guess many, many years ago it had happened, but it was my first time um, of being a part of it. And so when we, you know, just we visited, there was a staff, we went to visit the campus and we were like, okay, this is going to be crazy. This is a crazy idea. This is a really scary neighborhood, you know, but you know, youth with a mission is there, they're there and we'll just follow what they're doing. And so really um, it actually wasn't a hard sell. We had 40, there was 40 of us total that went the first, yeah, the first year. And amazing. Yeah, it the youngest was five years old, the youngest child was five. And, you know, it just was our expectation, parents had to be there, you know, so because the parents were there, um, there were some things that we didn't do that normal, like the youth when they would go on a missions trip, we, you know, to YWAM, there were things we didn't do because there's young children. So but our parents were just excited to do that. I think because our church is very missional, you know, and we are really, really big on like training the kids when they're young, you know, so to be, you know, to be a missionary training them now, because you imagine if they're doing it now at five years old, what they're going to be like at 15. So uh, it wasn't that hard. I can say the second year, we did not get as many to attend. And there was, I noticed it depended on the, the, the language group, the congregation that there was definitely the most was Cantonese, you know, Cantonese and English most, I'm sorry, the most was English the first year. The second year was mostly Cantonese. So it was like a couple Cantonese came the first year and then they were like, no, everybody needs to come. So then they invited their friends and we had mostly Cantonese uh, the second year. But yeah, it was, the challenge really was when we got there, it was how to start up a conversation with someone who doesn't look like you and who's mm. far from anybody, you know, you would ever talk to. So that was like the biggest challenge, but families, they they wanted to join. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm wondering what it was like for the YWAM director to get an email or a phone call saying, hey, we want to bring a bunch of elementary age children on a mission trip with and partner with you guys. Yeah, that must be uh, I mean, it must be quite an email <laughs> the first time. 
I know at first they, at first uh, they were like, no, you know, we don't take young kids. We're like, well, we're going to bring their parents and we're, you know, as long as their parents are with them, they're the ones who will be, you know, kind of shepherding them, but we were able to persuade them to say yes. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, that's such a great idea. I, I love that idea. And I love that it is the parents with the kids. The kids get to see their parents in action, living out their faith. And so it's not just like the children's minister or, you know, the volunteers are doing it and they're forcing us to do it, but our parents are modeling this for us. That's got to be such a huge joy for you and for the church. What are some other joys that you see as you're ministering uh, with children and with their parents? You know, I think one thing that came out of going on that missions trip was the confidence that was that a lot of children who were very quiet and very almost had social anxiety, they came out with this confidence and boldness. So I think I love seeing that quiet, shy kid because I was that child, you know, just uh, really, I love seeing God working in them and then becoming that bold, you know, prayer warrior or just bold to speak in a microphone. So I want to say, I mean, I have so many joys, but I really love seeing that that child that you would never expect to speak up or speak out or pray, be watching God just transform them and build confidence within them. So that's why I love giving them places to speak up. You know, if it's like tonight, for example, you know, it was uh, us meeting, I'm going to meet this lady on Monday, who's a Hindu believer. So it's like giving these kids a place to have a voice to pray over her. Um, like I don't need to be the voice they can be the voice so I think that's one of my greatest joys Um, and just seeing them just really have a love for God's word um, which doesn't come naturally you know but just really uh, uh, showing them you know through God's word like like what he's doing, you know, like we, a few weeks ago in our kids prayer club, we had some scriptures we read and, you know, God had said to do one thing. And so I went and did it and, and then it happened. So they're just being able to see God's faithfulness. Like it really excites them and it gives them just a confidence to believe in him and his word. Yeah. But I think my, my biggest joy is really just watching them become confident and the parents become confident too. What are some of the ways that you really help the parents disciple their children at home? Like, are there particular resources that you give them or uh, training strategies, or just is it a heart development thing besides the confidence aspect of it? Well, one thing that I started doing is, you know, before when we would do a Sunday teaching in our kids church, we would send like a recap of what happened, you know, like this is what we learned. This is what your kids learned. You know, here's some follow-up questions. But what I decided to do was because I wanted the parents to be the primary teacher is I would literally send like, here's the scripture that we're going to learn. You know, I'd send it the week before. Here's a scripture we're going to learn. Here's the main point. Very simple. Here are some questions you can ask your kids. And here's a family activity. My desire to do this was to create devotions at home, um, really so that the parent would be there. I want to be their second voice they hear, but I want Mm -hmm. the parents to be their first voice. You know, I just want to affirm what the parents already said. So that is something that they started actually at the beginning of the pandemic was um, when I really felt like God was saying, you know, the parents are the primary teacher. It was like, okay, well, what do we do to make it that way for them? So that is uh, one thing that we are doing. And then, you know, we've done um, like parenting workshops um, using different types of curriculum. Um, our pastors and like senior pastors have helped to lead that. We've had them to be really a big part of leading stuff like that and being a voice in that and, and empowering and affirming our parents. And it's very, very important that it's not just from the children's ministers, but it is also, um, you know, our pastors affirming what we're doing, but also encouraging our parents. 
But I think the big thing for me is really teaching parents how to shepherd their child's heart. One thing, you know, as a, as people where we've learned to have good behavior, but really we have deep heart issues that need to be worked on. And I really want to lead parents in how to shepherd, shepherd their heart the way God shepherds ours. Um, and so that's something that's coming up uh, next year. We'll have like a, a parenting uh, workshop for that. That's awesome. Yeah, I really love that you um, invest so much into providing materials for your for the parents. I know there's a lot of churches that don't have like a full-time staff person uh, that's helping with children. What is something that, you know, for the parents who are listening, what is something they can do right now, um, you know, as they kind of maybe encourage their church to, to help them, what is something a parent can do right now as they're discipling and as you say, shepherding their child's heart? Yeah, I believe the first thing is, is that we can only give out what is put in us. First thing is like, you really have to be before the Lord every day. You are raising children, you're raising his children, and you really need wisdom from him uh, to raise them. It is very, very, there's just like, no other way. Otherwise it just, you know, it's already hard enough to raise a, and raise a life, you know? Um, so I, I, that is first, but I think taking, just having moments of taking like what God has shared with you in that time and having just teachable moments throughout the day, you know, maybe when a child comes and they're just like so excited to share something with you and you're just listening. And then you're like, you know, yeah, that's like how Jesus was when he would tell, you know, kids would come up to him and, and, uh, would tell a story or whatever, like that was his heart. And then you can go on, oh yeah. And then Jesus told this story, you know, so just finding moments like that. But I like I, I think the very first, I cannot stress it enough, is really just coming before him first and really bringing, you know, finding your favorite stories in God's word. And, and you know, Jesus told stories all the time. He told stories to every age group, you know, and just telling stories from God's word to the kids, finding pictures online to help you tell your story or finding storybooks. But also, I think the other is really having the kids see you spend time with the Lord is important. See you praying, see you journaling. I think that that's very important too, because kids will remember that, remember you, you know, spending time with God. So, and then, you know, taking a scripture, having, spending time or t making purposeful time to have just a 10 minute devotion with your kids, you know. There's one uh, way I, I like doing uh, this type of devotion is where, you know, you, you tell the story of, you know, of something that Jesus did or just something from the Bible and you tell it from like your memory. So you got to know the story. You tell the story and you tell it to your kids. You're like, okay, who wants to tell the story next? And you try to have them retell the story to you. And then you go back, you know, they let them tell it however they want to tell it. Then you go back and you tell the story again, but you tell it with like misinformation to see if they can catch like what what you said, you know, what is wrong. And then you could just even ask questions like, okay, this is what Jesus said. And this is what he's saying to do. So how can, what are we going to do about this now? You know, of what we've heard. So, you know, just taking God's word, making it simple. And really, I think just being that example and seeing them, you know, seeing, having them see you spend time with him too. I think that's so impactful. Wow. That's so, that's so good. I think just listening to you, it, it is very evident that you think a lot about how to pour into into children, into their parents, how to help them have this lifelong faith beyond even the time that they're in the children's ministry. And I think that that's so awesome. I know for probably the vast majority of Chinese churches that, that I know of, 
probably at least over half of them will not have anyone that's in a staff position that does children's ministry. Oftentimes it's volunteer led. It's a bunch of um, parents uh, their own kids are in the children's ministry and they care deeply about, you know, pouring into the children. I was just wondering if you had any resources or ways for the lay person um, to really like grow as somebody who's doing children's ministry. Is there ways that you would suggest uh, for them to be equipped yeah, I know it is It is very challenging to try to lead children's ministry part-time or even just as a volunteer. It is very, very challenging. I think the one thing that I've learned is to have, even if it's just a, a volunteer team, but you have to have a team. You cannot do it alone. You will burn out and you will, uh, it just will become very unhealthy and for you um, and even for the ministry and the kids, but having just, even if it's one other person that maybe it's from somebody from another church that you're just sharing ideas with, um, but really being intentional and connecting with others who are in children's ministry, you know, from wherever, just connecting with those people, just to even share your heart and your struggles and your stress. Um, I think that that's very important, especially if you are alone doing it. As far as like resources, it just depends on the church. It depends. I feel like there's like, I can say, oh, you can use this resource, but your kids and your families may be completely different. That is, it's almost like you have to be before the Lord too every day to say like, God, give me wisdom in what to do. You know, you cannot, there's so many times I want to say, even from uh, the church that I grew up in, like I was a part of teams that, you know, even, and even myself where I was giving out from just whatever I had left in me, I was not refilling every day. And so it's very, very key. Like you can't tell the story, just use it as a lesson and like, oh, I'm telling a lesson. Like you really have to have God's word in you and spend time with him. So I think that that's like, first and foremost, when it comes to everything is just really being intimate with him and in his presence. But yeah, as far as resources, I mean, there's so many things I love looking at, like our teaching from curriculum and resources that ha- that focus on Jesus and focus on the heart and focus on the whole story of God. So that's kind of what I use. We've been using the Gospel Project curriculum for many years now. I don't know for when we're going to stop using it. I really love it. So, and they keep re- remaking it and redoing uh, it. So I use the Gospel Project for that. And then the, after that, it's just really, I think this is the good thing about having friends in other places who are in children's ministry, because then you can see like, oh, what resources do you have? And maybe you don't have the the money to buy resources, so you can borrow from your friends, you know? Um, so it's really having those connections too with other people is, is important. Thanks for dropping those names and and for giving that uh, those resources. I, yeah, I think there's certainly, there are a lot of different um, resources out there. There's a lot of curriculum that you can get. Uh, and so in some regards, I think it can be overwhelming uh, to kind of pick through and find through. But I think, like you said, finding a curriculum that centers on Jesus, that focuses on the heart, that uh, gets to the, the whole of scripture. Uh, those are so important for our kids and for all of us, you know, to have, you know, this might overlap a little bit of, uh, with what you've said already, but what's one piece of advice or encouragement that you would give to someone that is serving in a Chinese church, uh, whether in children's ministry or, um, you know, in, in any other position, what's, what's one piece of advice that you would give? I would say to be authentically you, uh, that God has like placed you in position in this, you know, Chinese church for a reason to be you, but to also, um, I think that there's a beauty in, uh, I, I mean, 
I love being a part of the Chinese church because there's just this beauty. I think the first week that I got to our church, I'm like, I feel like I'm around a tribe uh, that's from the, the Old Testament. Like just the way that they reverence God and the way that uh, they just have this holiness to them. Um, I hadn't seen growing up. So I loved that. And um, but then I also had to find my identity. Like, God, you know, you brought me here. I know you brought me here to kind of shape me. But what do I bring to the table? You know, what do you why did you choose me this you know, mixed girl from the Bay Area to come to, you know, this Chinese church, why'd you choose me? So um, I've really had to uh, seek God for my, you know, my identity as a child of God, but my identity in this church, and um, just to be confident in that and to be authentically myself. So I would just say, you know, really wrestle with the Lord and um, asking like, Lord, why am I here? What do I bring to the table? What are my strengths that you want me to add to, you know, to these people? Well, that's great. Thank you so much for just sharing your heart. That was so evident in just the way that you talk about the children's ministry. And I'm really thankful that you came on the podcast with us. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Leonora. That's the end of our episode. Thanks for joining us today on the Bamboo Pastors podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the pod on whatever platform you listen to us on. Rate and review us and check in every week as we explore the joys and challenges of ministry in the Chinese church. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bamboo Pastors. See you next time.